It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 7 The wide wooden doors swung open and the sudden glare of natural light elbowed its way into the musty open hall. The buzz of activity was constant as a dozen men were busily engaged in using the gymnasium facilities within. Two were jumping rope on opposite sides of the large open space. Several more worked with weights and still others with a variety of punching bags, large and small, that hung from the rafters. In the center of the room stood a full-sized boxing ring where two middleweight-sized men stood opposite one another, trying to keep their eyes focused on each other while simultaneously absorbing the instructions being thrown at them by a large and seemingly very angry man outside the ring. The combatants were handicapped somewhat by the fact that the same trainer was shouting instructions to both of them at the same time, to say nothing of the fact that his instructions were often contradictory in nature, and that their confusion only made him both angrier and his already formidable Greek accent thicker. Slowly the activity around the room began to trickle to a halt as the assembled crowd stopped to gawk at a newcomer standing in their midst, a tallish man with a strong jaw, a shock of blonde hair, and the uniform of a Toronto police constable. The man looked mildly sheepish at his reception, and tried to indicate with his smile that he was not there to make trouble for anyone. He caught the eye of the Greek trainer, who barked orders at the two pugilists and made his way towards the young police officer. "'If you are going to keep coming to my gymnasium, you should maybe think about taking some lessons,' the trainer growled as he breezed past the officer in the direction of a counter set up near the front door, behind which stood the entrance to a small office. "'I'm supposed to keep coming here, Spiro,' the policeman protested. "'You're my contact man.' The trainer stopped and took his head in his great, meaty left hand. He was a big man, more than sixty years old now, though clearly still strong as an ox. His name was Spiro Pappas.' and he had been relaying information and orders between the Red Panda and some of his many field agents for almost two years now. The mystery man had earned Spiro's eternal loyalty by saving his son from a life of crime into which he had fallen, and his respect by doing it in such a way that the young man was able to put a troubled past behind him and make a new life. The boxing trainer's son was free and clear and doing well for himself now, and the grateful father had become one of the most important links in the Red Panda's network but it was the green agents that always made his head swim a little. The ones who got so caught up in their new careers of adventure that they spoke out of turn, or drew attention to themselves, or worse, to Pappas himself. This new charge of his, Constable Andy Parker, was just such a one. "'And just how many people heard you say, "'Contact man out loud, Parker?' he growled. The young cop turned his head quickly. "'Why, nobody did,' Parker replied." and the time for looking around to see who is listening is before you speak. Before! Spiro said as if for the hundredth time while pointing into his office with a stern, stabbing motion. Parker followed along sheepishly. Pappas closed the door behind them, and the smoked glass rattled slightly. The uniform, Spiro began again. It attracts attention, Parker. The other agents, they can come and go, and no one much minds them. The only reason for a policeman to keep coming here is if he is taking lessons or if he is shaking me down. The trainer paused for effect as he loomed over Parker. I am not so much a man that people might think could be shook down, am I? 
No, Parker admitted, but I'm not sure that boxing... Pah! spat the older man. To box is the best thing for a boy like you. Put some meat on you. Lots of cops they box. You come in Thursday after work. Fine, Parker nodded with a smile. It hadn't been that long since he'd been recruited to serve in the army of informants, spotters, and active agents that worked under the Red Panda's command. But already he had learned that there was no point in arguing with Spiro. And he had to admit the old man had a point. He could come and go with greater ease if the regulars in Spiro's gym accepted him as one of their own, to a point. Spiro, Parker began in earnest, I've got to get hold of the chief. Spiro's laugh was almost a snort. Listen, Junior, the chief, he trusts you. You keep your eyes open good and you use your head. Already you see twice as much action as other agents. But nobody gets hold of the chief themselves. That's why I came to you, Parker protested. Spiro is not your message, boy. When he needs us, he sends for us. Then just let me leave a message with the reports for pickup, Spiro. I have information he needs on the Empire Bank job. He told you he needs this, yes? Spiro squinted skeptically. No, I haven't talked to him, but... Then maybe he doesn't need it so much then, Mr. Big Shot. And maybe he does. Parker looked at Pappas, sitting awkwardly, his great arms folded before him in a desperate attempt to be casual. What is it, Spiro? What's wrong? Nothing is wrong, Spiro protested. They have not sent for the reports, is all. For how long, Parker said, his brow furrowed. Spiro shrugged. Few days. Spiro does not report to you. Spiro, I can't help if I don't understand what's wrong, Parker said calmly. How often do they usually call for the reports? What usually? They call when they call. Is it normally a few days between? Normally, no. Not so much normally as never. The big man looked away for a moment, and Parker could tell that he was worried. Spiro shook it off. Look, Parker, you are go-getter. You like to impress. Maybe you like to impress the chief. Maybe you like to impress the squirrel. Parker's ears turned bright red and his jaw set more determined. Spiro knew at once that he had struck a nerve, and he smiled to himself. When the chief makes contact, I will tell him Andy Parker has a report to make, okay? Fair enough, said Parker with an attempt at a smile. But he was now as worried about their mysterious leader and his fearless partner as Spiro was. Maybe even more, as he knew one thing that Spiro didn't. Two nights earlier, an old abandoned warehouse had exploded, for no reason that the police could determine. The owner of the building was being held on suspicion of arson, but Parker had never heard of high explosives being used in simple insurance fraud. To the ears of a trusted agent like himself, it sounded like a trap set to destroy the city's masked protectors. And worse still, it just might have succeeded. Classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre. And the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.